The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Today, we are talking about the one word that eludes us all, the one word that most people in the human race, throughout the history of all human race, has not been able to accomplish. And that word is forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that that we can easily define, easily describe, easily profess, easily try to, uh, you know, skate over it. But the bottom line is forgiveness is something that eludes us all. And the vast majority of our population just can't do it. And it is amazing the amount of energy and the amount of direction people take with their life and the amount of preoccupation people have with their life when they're not able to forgive. Forgiveness is the ultimate gift to yourself because it allows you to be free. And it's really not that hard. People go to church week after week, day after day, begging, pleading, praying, professing they understand forgiveness, but not being able to give forgiveness in all types of religions all over the world. And so what I want to do is take this subject, forgiveness, and do it head on and really begin to do a deep dive as to how forgiveness affects our life, how it, by not giving it, can affect our life, and by also trying to understand it and really break it down in terms to where people can grasp it in a human way and really come to grips with the gifts that it can bring them and hopefully enjoy those gifts throughout the course of their life because it is the most amazing thing you can do uh, if you can find the peace in forgiveness. Now, let's look at the defining of forgiveness, and there's so many ways to define it. But uh, the first uh, definition that I found is not mine. I think it was in one of the dictionaries online. It's called uh, granting true forgiveness doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It means you value your relationship more than your ego. And that strikes so true to me because ego is the coping skill that people use to walk through their life. It takes an enormously humble person not to walk around with an ego. An ego basically is what you look like, what you act like, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, all the things that you've characterized yourself of and shutting yourself out of things that you don't like and including things that you do like and making excuse for all of the above. Also, forgiveness is the ultimate form of love for yourself and the person who hurts you. And, and 
you know, if you can look at a person and humanize them, and we have the ability to forgive selectively, like our children, we can forgive them uh, because we understand them a little better than the rest of the people in the world. However, when we don't understand people's motives, their intentions, then what happens is we tend to not be able to forgive them. You know, it takes greater strength and wisdom to forgive than to ask for forgiveness. It takes greater strength to forgive than to ask for forgiveness. That is so important to understand. We all beg forgiveness on a continuous basis for those that love us and the people that we trespass. But to actually give it is asking somebody for an enormous amount of energy to be given. And if they don't know how to forgive, you're asking them to climb Mount Everest. And, and so if we're going to ask forgiveness, we also have to give forgiveness and be the role model for what forgiveness can be. You know, it's, it's a decision to let go of the desire for revenge and ill will towards a person who wronged you. It may include feelings of goodwill towards the other person. You know, forgiveness is also a natural resolution of the grief process. And it does follow that grief process, which is necessary acknowledgement of, of pain and loss. Because pain and loss is exactly the ultimate outcome of something that somebody has done to betray you. You know, we, we like to play God in our desire not to forgive, yet we're just as flawed as the ones we condemn. You know, our ego becomes our dark, sarcastic, cynical soul rather than a life filled with love and joy. And, you know, sarcasm and cynicism, and believe me, I have sarcasm and cynicism, and I think everybody knows that if you listen to the show. But the deal is, if you walk around with that as your mantra in life, then what's going to happen is it's going to consume you. You know, if you hold grudges, you may become so wrapped up in past wrongs that you can't enjoy the present. You, you may feel helpless or like life is meaningless. You, you could jeopardize your future relationships without forgiveness. You know, if you don't get past some of the wounds of the past, you tend to bring them into everything else you do. And that is by your mood, your manner, your memories. All those preconceived notions darken you. And, and that, that energy that it takes to do stuff that you don't want to do because they've, it, you know, angry, you're angry at somebody or there's been a past something that didn't go right, that is a lot to carry. And it's a heavy burden on those who have to deal with you. You know, the decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge and perhaps even reaching a place of understanding, empathy, and compassion is what forgiveness is all about. It's not reconciling. It's not forgetting the fact. It's important to remember what hurt you so you can avoid it in the future. But that doesn't mean you can't forgive. You know, forgiveness doesn't justify or excuse what the other person did. Rather, you know, it helps achieve a sense of peace. And peace is the state of mind that all of us need to go for. Peace, you don't have to do anything to have peace. You turn it off. You turn the brain off. And that's how you have peace. Peace is the ultimate place where we all resonate. And that means that if we can come down, and, you, if, and I've asked this question hundreds and hundreds of times to people, do you know what peace is? And they're like, they stumble and stumble, and they, many of them don't. And I said, when's the last time you've had peace? And it's hard for them to remember. And it's sad. But the deal is, peace 
is the ultimate emotion because with it you can have all the other emotions. You know, we all strive for happiness. Well, happiness is just one emotion and it's really hard to stay in one emotion when you have thousands in a daytime. Happiness is a fakeness. Peace is true. Peace means you have happiness available, you have frustration available, you have anger available, you have bliss available, you have joy available, you have all your emotions available to you when you're at peace. And then when you're at peace, you're safest because you're taking in the world around you. And I'm not trying to sound like a minister, believe me, uh, I'm you know, just a therapist here, but I'm telling you that if we don't get a real logical understanding of what forgiveness is and really come to grips with it, we lose our pace in life. We lose our, our, our place in life also. You know, holding a grudge is something that is enormously amount of energy. Why, you know, why is it so easy to hold a grudge? Well, well, when you're hurt by someone you love and trust, you, you might become angry, sad, confused. You know, if you dwell on hurtful events or situations, grudges filled with resentment, vengeance, hostility can take root. And when they do, they dig in, and they're hard to do away with. You know, if you allow negative feelings to crowd out positive feelings, you might find yourself swallowed up by your own bitterness and sense of injustice. You know, if we have really high expectations, high expectations that are unreasonable, that people are going to fit a bill that they're not capable of filling, and even if they are capable of filling, maybe they're only capable of doing it randomly, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up for depression. Depression is unmet expectations. So we convert depression, we convert the need to control what we cannot control into preferences. I prefer. I prefer. Prefer means we are not emotionally attached to the outcome. We just lean towards that outcome. We would hope we could get that outcome. When we prefer, we're basically able to communicate our preferences all day long without offending somebody, without forcing our will on people. And that is one ladder, step in the ladder to forgiveness. You know, what are the effects of holding a grudge? If you're unforgiving, you might bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. You might become so wrapped up in the wrong, that you can't enjoy the present, that you just dwell on the past and all the things that hurt you. You know, I've done this. I've had family members that I didn't talk to for, you know, six, eight months just because we were being stupid. And that happens. And I know other people that do that. But we hold people out of our lives as punishment. And that's ridiculous. Also, the effects of holding a grudge is depression. So if you want to be depressed, walk around angry, rock around with ridiculous expectations, and you're going to find yourself in a very difficult life. You know, also uh, the effects of holding a grudge is feeling that your life lacks meaning or purpose, or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. You know, you lose valuable and entrenching connectedness with others when you hold a grudge. You know, grudges basically come down to looking at yourself and going, wow, who am I? And how long can you maintain this anger? And some people turn it into a lifetime because they are so stubborn and their ego is so high that they cannot admit they are wrong. And believe me, only the humble, only the truly humble people in this world have the beginnings of understanding forgiveness. What happens if I can't forgive someone? Well, 
If you can't forgive someone, forgiveness can be challenging, especially if the person who's hurt you doesn't admit wrong or doesn't speak of his or her own problem. So if you find yourself stuck, consider the situation from the other person's point of view. And what you want to do is you want to examine their intentions. And this is huge. Examine their intentions and say to yourself, did they have a good intention but end up doing something bad? Did they intend to hurt me? Did they intend to have this outcome? Look at those things, and they can be the most heinous things in the world, but if you can examine those intentions and come from that other person's perspective, you may not agree with what they've done. You may not like their choices, but you may begin to understand their choices and have a sense of, I don't need to hold on to this anymore. Also, you want to ask yourself why he or she would behave in such a way. Perhaps you would have reacted similarly if you faced the same situation. You know, reflect on times when you've hurt others and on those who've forgiven you. You know, we ask for forgiveness, hopefully ask for forgiveness lots of times in our life. Some people don't. Some people think they're always right. I heard a lady say that yesterday. It just made me laugh uh, hearing her tell her husband, I'm always right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Write a journal, pray, use, use guided meditation, or, or, or talk with a person you found to be wise and compassionate, such as a spiritual leader, a mental health provider, or an impartial loved one or friend. But it's really important to dialogue on forgiveness and how can I forgive this person. And you also have to be aware that forgiveness is a process. Even small hurts may need to be revisited and forgiven over and over and over again. And don't be frustrated if you fall back and are not able to forgive, and then you have to re-go through the process again. That's part of learning forgiveness. And maybe it's important that you go back and learn the process more and more and more until you finally get it. I know I'm a work in progress, and I'm sure everybody else is in many ways. You know, does forgiveness guarantee reconciliation? You know, if if the hurtful event involves someone else whose relationship you otherwise value, Forgiveness can lead to reconciliation. This isn't always the case, however. Reconciliation may be impossible if the offender has died or is unwilling to communicate with you. In other cases, reconciliation may not be appropriate. Still, forgiveness is possible, even if reconciliation isn't. You know, we ask ourselves, what if I have to interact or talk to the person who hurt me, but I don't want to? Well, you know, if you haven't reached a state of forgiveness, being near the person who hurt you might prompt you to be tense and stressful to handle these situations. You know, remember that you can choose to attend or avoid specific functions and gatherings. If you choose to attend, don't be surprised by a certain amount of awkwardness and perhaps even more intense feelings. But you need to respect yourself and do what is best. And that means be civil and try to get over the hurt. Do your best to keep an open heart and mind. You might find that the experience helps you move forward with forgiveness. You might see them as who they are and begin to understand why you need to forgive them and how easy it may be. What if the person I'm forgiving doesn't change? Well, you know, getting another person in, in to change his or her actions, behavior, words, isn't the point of forgiveness. Think of forgiveness more about how it can change your life by bringing you peace, happiness, 
emotional and spiritual healing. That is what it's about. It is about you. It is not about what the other person did. It is about you. Forgiveness can take away the power the other person continues to wield over your life. If you want people to own your life, hate people, and you will find that you spend your life hating and being hated, and that power gives them over you. Now, what if I'm the one who needs forgiveness? And the first step is honestly assess and acknowledge the wrongs you've done and how those wrongs have affected others. At the same time, avoid judging yourself too harshly. You are human and you'll make mistakes. If you're truly sorry for something you've said or done, consider admitting it to those you've harmed. Speak of your sincere sorrow or regret and specifically ask for forgiveness. Now, we're going to talk about how to forgive yourself because that's the first person you need to forgive. We're going to take a quick break and come back. Thanks for listening. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about forgiveness. And the first person that we have to forgive, because we are all human and we all do terrible things, is ourselves. We are our biggest obstacle in the world of forgiveness. Many people hold themselves way too high. They hold themselves way too accountable, and they hold people very little accountable. And so the deal is, if we forge a forgiving relationship with ourselves, we actually map out the way we can learn to forgive other people. So we have to be willing to take a very humble, deep, harsh look at ourselves 
and begin to understand that all our motives are not all good. All our values don't always get supported by our decisions. Oftentimes, we're impulsive, emotional people, and that's our, that's our makeup. We're half animal. So, guys, we're not going to just do everything the right way. We're not robots. We're, we're not going to assimilate into something that is perfect. That's not what we're here for. We're here to learn. And only way to learn is to make mistakes. And the only way to get through mistakes is to forgive. And that begins with yourself. So, you know, the deal is you need to live in the here and now if you want to forgive yourself. You want to be, become clear on your morals and your values as they are right now. For instance, if you're sitting in prison and your life is a punishment for a crime you did in the past, you need to begin to reassess yourself and go, okay, am I the same person I was when I committed this crime? And if that is the case, that is the case. And if you want to get out of prison and not go back, then you need to reevaluate yourself and do some big corrections. And that means you've got to remember what are my morals and values now. So many people uh, form an epiphany of what they are right now that contradicts what they've been in the past. And believe me, other people have ju- are very judging and they will look at you in the past unless you become very solid and put both feet into your current state of mind and your future. So the reason most of us feel guilt or shame for actions that are done in the past is because those actions are not in line with our current morals and values. Our past wrongs can actually clue us in to what we hold important. By identifying our morals and values, we start to get a clearer picture as why we were hurting over why we why we were hurting over what we've done and what others did to us and that hurt is what we have to focus on and begin to wrestle with within ourselves also we have to realize the past is just the past you know past is done they those things happen they do not have to define who we are today you have to release those things even if they were heinously wrong We have to begin to forgive ourselves and say, this is who I am today. I'm not that same person. I'm a better person. I am doing better things, and I forgive myself. And that is very important. Creating a redo is huge. You know, write down all the things that you can remember that you wish you could go back and do it again. And then make a clear decision and really wrestle with yourself. What kind of decision would I make today? And if it's the same decision, that means you haven't changed. And if you want to change, then you have the right to change. But some people just want to live in what they are and what they were. And others want to make new choices. And I'm not talking about striving to do. I'm talking about what would you do today? And also realize you did the best you could at the time. And I tell people uh, many times about their parents, especially when they talk about their childhood. My parents did this, this. My brothers and sisters did this, this. Well, you have to think about do your parents, do your brothers and sisters at that time, did they have the tools that they have today or did they have the tools to do what you're asking for them to have done when you were a child? You know, if you're asking parents that are basic breeding stock uh, type of people and not like normal parents, and there's lots of breeding stock out there who are incapable of parenting. But the deal is, if they're going to breed and have children and then expect to raise those children yet they don't want to, they usually will, number one, either abuse, either uh, you know, not give them attention, 
starve them of attention or they will lose them to foster care or adoption. So, But the deal is, is if you want those parents to be perfect, they're not going to be. And all parents, is only, they're only good enough. And brothers and sisters are only what they are at the time that they were growing up. And they may not have had the tools that they have today. So look at people as they are, not people as you wish them to be. You know, you also, if you're going to profess morals and values, you need to start acting like you have morals and values. You know, if you're going to forgive yourself, you better start practicing what you preach. And I can't tell you how many people will instigate opinions about other people that they should be holding themselves accountable for. But the deal is, you know, if you're going to forgive yourself, you also have to have the strength to say no to things that are not good for you and walk away and change our mind, change your morals, change your values. Because here's the deal. When you die, integrity and memories are what carry with you. If you lived a life with no integrity... I can guarantee you, you in the end of your life are likely going to be alone in this world. So the deal is, if you really want to be a person that people seek and want to be around to old age when you're old and decrepit and nasty looking, the, like me, um, the deal is, is that you really need to begin to have morals and values that people migrate to. Also, tackle the big ones, you know, uh, Clear your conscience. If there's stuff that's rattling around in your mind that have been big uh, events that you've never gotten over, put yourself in front of that problem. Put yourself directly in front of the person that may have in your mind caused the situation and forgive them and see what it does. Also, you know, cut yourself some slack. You know, we learn how to ride a bike, you know, but, but most of us realize it probably take a few tries before achieving it. So, you know, you may not do well at the forgiveness thing. You may fall down, but you get back up and you try it again. Self-love, once again, is learning to say no to the things that hurt you. And the things that hurt you may be drugs, maybe alcohol, maybe abuse, maybe people. All those things are so important to let go of. Do you really want to live as a victim in this life? And you can tell people that live as victims. You can tell people that can't forgive because they're always blaming other people. You did this to me. They did this to me. They, they, they're never taking responsibility. All I want to hear from a victim is what I did. I. Tell me an I statement because I need to know what you did. And if that happens, that is the beginning of a person developing a relationship that is responsible for themselves, that has a capacity to have boundaries, and has a capacity to forgive. And that's a huge life lesson. So let's try to, you know, wrap our mind around forgiveness. You know, it's it's not letting the offender off the hook, as we said before. We We can... We can and should still hold others accountable for their actions or lack of actions. You know, it, it's it's returning, if you're spiritual, it's returning to God to the right to take care of justice. We, in this life, think we should uh, have justice. And we do try to have justice to protect our overall society. We do try to have justice and fairness, but the deal is you can't always have it. And true justice isn't always what is accomplished. I mean, look at the court system and tell me how just 
three-fourths, if not 90% of all cases end up being. They're like huge compromises of values and morals. So there is no true justice, no true fairness in this world, and understanding that gives you the ability to hand back to your spiritual God what you cannot fix and let them do it on their own time. You know, forgiveness is not letting the offense reoccur again and again either. And, and we have to grab onto that understanding. We have to set boundaries. No is a very powerful word, but a lot of people use it emotionally. If you want to set a boundary, just say no, flat and straight. Flat and straight. That's it. No. Somebody says, but, 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 no means no. I'm not going to do that. It, it, if you understand your morals and values, you should not have a problem saying no. No does not require a whole lot of energy, yet it is the one word that many people fear using because they don't want the retribution. No means you know who you are, you know what you stand for, you know what your morals and values are, and you know what integrity means. That is huge. Many people don't have that. And if you want to give a gift to yourself, learn that word and use it in accordance with your values. You know, uh, it's, you have to understand also that forgiveness is not an event. It is a process. And it might take some time to work, th- work through your problems before we can forgive. So don't offer somebody forgiveness just because they're pressuring you to forgive. Tell them, I'm going to do this on my time. I've never done this before. I'm working through this. I'm trying. But don't promise them forgiveness until you're ready. And, and that's the best thing you can possibly do. And, you know, many people go through horrendous things like divorce, and then they rip apart their children's lives. They rip themselves apart. They, they tear up their finances. They do all kinds of horrible things, say terrible things to each other. Like I've said before, you never know who you're married to until you divorce them and you see them in court. But the truth is, is that it, you have to also forgive that person for their human frailties. And you've got to let go and not let that make your life. You know, we have to forgive every time. You know, if we have to forgive ourselves constantly, that means we have to forgive others constantly. That is the dance of life. That is what we have to do. It, it also does, uh, you know, doesn't mean that we're denying reality or re, uh, ignoring repeated offenses. You know, some people are obnoxious, mean-spirited, apathetic, unreliable. They will never change. We are not set to change them, though. So we just need to stop expecting something from them that they're not consistently able to give. You know, if they don't um, always have, you know, we don't always have to tell them we have forgiven them. Sometimes we can do that within ourselves. You know, some people never ask for forgiveness, but we forgive them and just move on. And, uh, you know, they may think we've never forgiven them, but we do. And that means that we don't hold barriers to that person. If they're around us, we just treat them as another person. You know, and that's healthy for us. That reminds us of our inner strength. You know, we might forgive too quickly to avoid pain or manipulation of the situation. You know, forgiveness releases pain and frees us from focusing on the other person. But I got to tell you, in counseling, I constantly see couples that are not able to forgive each other yet have promised forgiveness. And their actions dictate more than what their words do. They promise forgiveness, yet they bring up the same thing a year later, 10 years later, 20 years later. They'll bring up an event that took place in the past that they said they got over and they didn't. 
And it's really sad, um, but it's really important to understand that that person just didn't grasp on to the concept of forgiveness. And I have to confront people when they do that, especially in marriage counseling. You know, you're bringing this event up. You said you forgave, but I really think you're challenged with the, the idea of what forgiveness is. So let's talk about that. Let's bring that gift into this relationship and see if you're capable of doing that. And then we're going to retackle that thing that you brought up that happened 20 years ago. Um, also, we, we um, don't have to forget. We don't have to forget what has happened. We don't have to avoid the danger of something bad happening. But we have to understand we need to forgive so that we can move on from it. And that means that that event isn't going to clutter our lives. So it this starts with a decision. Forgiveness is a decision, and we're going to talk about how to do it. And that is what the real meat and potatoes of this show is all about, is really getting down to the tools of how to forgive. So let's begin. You know, how to do it. Know exactly how you feel about what happened and be able to articulate what about the situation is not okay. Then tell a couple of trusted people about your experience. Once you begin to verbalize it, once you begin to process it, and also when you talk to these people, you need to talk about it in terms of, I need to get to forgiveness. I don't want to hang on to this. And that is huge. Your goal when you're talking to your friends, is I need to know how to forgive. And if they don't know how to forgive, move on. Move on until you find somebody that is good with this skill. Also, you need to make a commitment to yourself to do what you have to do to feel better. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for anybody else. And you have to remind yourself, this is only for me. I'm doing this for me. I'm not going to victimize myself of what this other person did. I'm going to let it go. You know, it, it, it does not necessarily mean reconciliation with that person or condoning of their actions. You know, you're there to find peace. Forgiveness can be defined as peace and understanding that come from blaming that which has hurt you less, taking the life experience less personally, and changing your story, your victim story about grievance. You know, get the right perspective on what is happening. Recognize that your primary distress is coming from the hurt feelings, thoughts, and physical upset you are suffering now, not what offended you or hurt you two minutes or ten years ago. At the moment you feel upset, practice a simple stress management technique to soothe your body's flight or or fight response. And that is something we're going to talk about a little bit later in this show in this last segment is exercises you can actually do on forgiveness. We're going to cover more on how to forgive and the process of forgiveness. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you for listening. Please come back. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 
or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Hey, this is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about forgiveness in our show, Absurd Psychology. So um, what we're talking about is the tool, the ultimate tool of what this show is about, and that is how to forgive. You know, you need to put your energy into looking for another way to get your positive goals met than through the experience that has hurt you. That experience is going to define your life if you hang on to it, and that is a lot of energy. Instead of this mental replay of your hurt, seek out new ways to get what you want. You know, remember that a life well-lived is your best revenge. Instead of focusing on your wounded feelings and your victim themes, you know, giving the person who caused your pain power over you, look to love, beauty, kindness around you. Understand empathy, compassion. Look at a person's intentions and what they were trying to accomplish. So many people are so egotistical that they think everything other people do is about them. It's not about them. It's about the person who does those things. Usually, things that have to be forgiven are highly selfish, uh, closed decisions that are only for the person who offends. You know, you need to remind yourself that a hero is a person who forgives. A hero is a person who forgives, not a person who doesn't forgive. A person who doesn't forgive is showing how weak they truly are. You know, it's a decision. But making that decision doesn't override the emotional residue that often takes much longer to release. And that's why I recommend talking to someone. It's really good to go to a therapist, a mental health professional of any kind, of a, of a, a, a priest, a preacher, somebody of, of your church, a rabbi whoever, and be able to talk about your feelings and what you need to release. That, you know, that feeling of wanting revenge or wanting to assert your your righteousness or your victimhood, depending on the depth of your wounding, can take days, weeks, months, even years to dissipate. On certain days, when you're in a down mood, your psyche will want to grab onto that hurt. 
and it will become what defines you. Well, I'm this way because this happened. I had this car accident, and it all started with that when I lost my car, then I lost my job, and I lost this, and I lost that, and it was that horrible person who hit me's fault. I can't believe the world's against me, and all of a sudden the world turns into this huge victim theme. You know, you have to go through the period of feeling half dead, half angry, half in denial. This is the the, the space in which we grow. You know, T.S. Eliot once wrote, "With Wait without hope, for hope would be hope for the wrong thing. I'm going to say the same here. To forgive too glibly or quickly is probably not full or helpful for forgiveness. Forgiveness takes time. And so you have to give yourself time to do it. And people pressing you, you need to push back. You know, the people you can't forgive are not the exception to the rule. You know, the, the world is imperfect. We often have the flaws that we hate in other people the most. As a matter of fact, many times in therapy, I will hear people yelling about their partner, just going on and on and on about somebody in their life when they have exactly the same quality as a person they can't stand. And that, for me, just blows my mind. And I, I like to turn it back on them and say, are you telling me you've never done this, you've never done this, and you've never done this? Because, and I'm not trying to be a smartass, I'm really trying to help them understand, hey, you are not forgiving some, somebody for something you do for yourself, and that means we've got to develop a better relationship with yourself. Because what you're delivering is ugly, and it's not who you want to be. You know, it's, it's surely people have hurt you and you wish you could punish them, but whether you recognize it or not, you yourself were forgiven when you also were broken and mistaken. Somebody in your life has forgiven you for things when you violated them. And you need to grab onto the gift that person gave themselves. You know, without exception, you know, live under mercy. There is an essential direct connection between our receptivity to underserved love and forgiveness and our ability to forgive imperfect people. You know, there's uh, not much fault in weighing uh, which was greater. You know, there's no point in it because there is no greater. The only greater is what your ego has designed. Also, you know, all you're going to do is live in sadness and hardness if you can't forgive. You know, release until you find something else to fill the hole. You know, focus on something else. I, I know that it's amazing to me um, when people go through a horrendous divorce, they'll go through this very difficult, angry period of time. Not everybody's like this, but many people have, have experienced this, especially if the other had an affair or whatever. And basically... What happens is they stay in that funk until they've retooled their life to accepting that they're single and they may begin dating and they may begin another relationship and they may begin actually being more successful. They may begin overcoming their fears and all of a sudden the person that they hated the most is the best gift they ever gave them, which was their freedom. You know, And that is a great thing. If people can focus and move on with their life, where they are today, rather than focusing what they lost. You know, I've seen people lose multi-million dollar homes and end up living in a very dinky apartment. But I got to tell you, you know, life 
essentially is not a whole lot different as far as the tools that we have to use to get through daily life. And you may start at that place, but that doesn't mean you're going to end in that place. An apartment doesn't have to be a bad thing. Apartment means that you maybe have to learn how to communicate better with other people. Maybe you have to learn how to be humble. Maybe you have to learn how to compromise. Maybe you have to learn about what is important and what is not important. Also, the weighing of to forgive or not forgive. You know, experts say that forgiving those who have wronged us helps lower our blood pressure, our cholesterol, our heart rate. You know, one study found that forgiveness is associated with improved sleep quality, which has a strong effect on health. You know, uh, Duke University researchers reported a strong correlation between forgiveness and the strength and immunity among HIV-positive patients. You know, the benefits aren't just limited to physical either. Let go of old grudges reduces levels of depression, anxiety, anger. People who forgive tend to have better relationships, feel happier, more optimistic, and overall enjoy better psychological well-being. That is huge. And we're going to talk about these medical benefits in a minute. You know, if, if uh, you feel helpless and like life is meaningless, you could jeopardize future relationships. If you don't get past some of the wounds of the past, you tend to bring them into everything else you do. And, and other people can see it on your shirt sleeve. You're wearing this down in the dumps. Uh, I've been treated badly. Um, you're showing you don't really heal. And if you're dating, you're really not showing yourself to be somebody that is going to be easy to deal with. Nobody wants to be around a whiner. A whiner will suck the life out of your body. They are people you can only take in small doses when you have lots of energy. You know, uh, also these people that don't forgive are constantly on edge, easily triggered, resentful, frightened, and, and it isn't healthy. All these things affect our health. You know, nobody said it's easy to forgive. You know, it takes serious work over months, even years. But the final step or the first step is understanding what forgiveness is, a decision to let go of resentments, of thoughts of revenge, and perhaps even reaching a place of understanding, empathy, and compassion. It's not reconciling. It's not forgetting. It's important to remember what hurt you also can avoid in the future. And that is the hurt to yourself. Forgiveness also doesn't justify or excuse what the other person did. Rather, it helps achieve peace. Now, medical benefits of forgiving. Okay, here we go. People who practice conditional forgiveness, people who can forgive if others say sorry first and promise not to do the transgression again, may be more likely to die earlier compared with people who are less likely to practice conditional forgiveness, according to a 2011 Journal of Behavioral Medicine study. And let me try to clean that up a little bit. If you can't forgive, you're going to die at an earlier age than if you can forgive. You know, apologies can help to move forgiveness process along. It is, if sorry is a necessary condition for forgiveness, then there will likely be fewer instances of forthcoming forgiveness. That means that you don't always get the apology. You don't always get it, and you may not get it, but you can't live as if you never got it. Apologize in your own mind for that person so that you can move on. You know, if you get out of that angry mode when you're chronically angry, angry and you're in a fight-or-flight mode, uh, it, 
the fight or flight mode affects your blood pressure and your heart rate. And when you truly forgive, it leads to decreased stress, which can help tamper down the anger. There's an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. And you don't want to have that carrying into your stress level. Stress, by the way, and I'll just give it to you straight. You know, in the, in the genome project, the bro- breakdown of the human genes, there's, there's 32 common genes. And one of those genes is a stress gene. And I've talked to this on, the, on a segment I did on death. But the deal is that stress gene is very much tied to your biological system of what your pre- uh, preconceived uh, death is going to be. And that is the heart attack, the cancer, diabetes, whatever your natural cause of death is going to be. The stress gene is the one that turns on that mechanism to actually get it to going. And once it gets going, it's never going to stop. If you have a heart condition, you're going to have a heart condition your whole life. If you have diabetes, you're going to struggle with it your whole life. You may have pockets you don't. You may go through life and not struggle with it again, but it's there. And if you trigger it, it's going to come back up. Same thing with cancer. So, so stress... The stress gene, once it turns on, it never turns off, and that is your death sentence. That's your exit strategy, and that's what it's there for. So if you want to live a stressful life, you're basically just triggering that stress gene to activate and finally take you out of this world. You know, uh, if there is a casual role between forgiveness and health, then reduction of anger, anxiety, depression may explain how forgiveness operates on the body. They... It is huge. If you can think of your life living in peace rather than living in anger, if you can even imagine the most peaceful moment you've had, let's say you're sitting by the ocean all by yourself and you're just, you're just looking at the water. You know, yesterday I went on a fishing trip, uh, a deep sea fishing, and I was out there by myself, but I was with some other people, but they weren't my friends or anything, but it was nice talking to them. But I got a lot of time just looking at the ocean. I was like, wow, it's just so peaceful. This is such incredible thing but you begin to think about your own internal thoughts and we need to give ourselves that gift what do i need to let go of what do i need to do to improve my life what would it do to forgive how would this relationship be back in my life i mean we've lost so many people in our life we've boxed so many people out that belong in our life because we are so stubborn and we don't forgive You know, making amends helps you forgive yourself. When you are the one who needs forgiveness, make amends with the person you wronged can better help you forgive yourself. The more you do it, the better you're going to be. Also, um, let's just talk about a forgiveness mantra. And that is so important. Try this. This will set you free more than anything else I know. Begin saying these phrases, I forgive you, I am sorry, I love you, that's why I'm going to forgive you, I forgive you for, I'm sorry that you chose, I love you, even though this happened, I still love you. Try to integrate those words into your language, I forgive you, I'm sorry, and I love you. How Do you think those words, if you rehearse those words, if you look at yourself in a mirror and begin filling in those sentences, I forgive you for, I am sorry that, I love you even if, that begins to transform you. You know, make a list, you know, get a journal 
and, and make a physical list of every single thing that has been done to you that you can't forgive. Things that you're holding on to, incidences that have played in your mind for years. It can take a big, small, specific, or a general. Start with your parents. That, that's always a fertile ground for material. Uh, maybe brothers and sisters. You know, think about your life chronologically and work your way through any traumatic events, childhood hurts, mistakes you made made by your family, embarrassments that still create a negative uh, charge for you. Write them down. When mom did this, the time when. You don't have to write an essay about each. You should be able to remember within a sentence. But writing those things down begins to develop the material for the I forgive you, the I'm sorry, and the I love you. You know, lastly, it's, it's time to make a list of things to forgive yourself for, and that's about you. This is really important because this list could be the biggest challenge you have. You'd be surprised how much you are beating yourself up for past mistakes. I, you know, sometimes they're small and stupid, you know, uh, you, that you made years ago. But make that list and begin forgiving yourself. You know, we, we have this dialogue, I'm not a worthy person, I don't deserve nice things to happen to me. I'm a failure. And that's called self-defeating. And we don't want to do that. We want to forgive. We want to state we're sorry. And we want to state that that we love you. All right, that is about the wrap-up of our show. I want to thank you all for listening to our segment on forgiveness. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is Overcoming an Affair. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net is my email address. Remember, once a woman has forgiven her man, she must not reheat his sins for breakfast. That's from Marlene Dietrich. Life becomes a lot easier when you accept the apology you never got. (laughs) The last one is always forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.